welcome to From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and this show is produced by the Voices of Impact Awards. If this is your first time joining us, I'm super excited that you're here. The Voices of Impact Awards was created to celebrate the voices that inspire humanity. And when we say voices, we're referring to people like you with experiences and lessons learned from those experiences that can help others do better and be better in their careers, in their businesses, and even in their personal relationships. We all have a favorite story, the one that motivates us, the one that makes us laugh, and the one that makes us cry. But it is these stories that connect us together as humans, and that's why we believe there's such great importance in them that we created an awards show to celebrate people like you who are having the courage and willing to have the courage to step up and share that story with the world because you never know who is waiting to hear your precise story at the precise time so that they can make a difference in their lives. So if you want to learn more, if you want to participate in the awards program, Go to VOI Awards, that's V as in Victor, VOIAwards.com, and you can enroll and learn more about the uh, the awards program. You'll have a chance to receive one of several prizes, including the $20,000 grand prize in the Blue Diamond Trophy for the winner. Oh, and also just as of two days ago, we procured a book publishing contract from Morgan James Publishing for the winner. So that's super, super exciting all kinds of reasons for you to be involved, but most important, the opportunity for you to share your story and contribute, perhaps in some small way, to the life of another. And speaking of stories, our studio guest today is Ms. Trisha Brooke, who joins us all the way from the East Coast, New York, I believe she's in. And Trisha is an award-winning writer. Listen to this. She's a writer, director, and producer of theater, television, and stage, and film. And in this role, she knows all about storytelling and communications. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And so now she's taken her years of experience into the public arena where she helps individuals like you and me prepare our presentations for the stage. So whether you want to get on a TEDx stage, whether you want to deliver a killer presentation to your corporate team, or better yet, if you want to become a successful participant in the Voices of Impact Awards, you're in the right place with the right master. Trisha, welcome to the show. Steve, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for that incredible introduction and congratulations on the book deal with the uh, Voices of Impact Awards. That's so special. Amazing. It, it is super exciting. You know, and it's getting it's getting more and more special every day. And and you know this, Trisha, because you you've been in the world of, I mean, the majority of your adult life, I take it, you've been involved in produ- producing beautiful events, films, books, uh, theater, stage productions, television productions. You've won a multiple awards doing this. And so you know that every turn you 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 take and you start sharing your ideas with someone else someone comes up with a greater idea that can help you that can elevate you perhaps it's an introduction or in this case it was the publisher of Morgan James coming up and saying you know what i love what you're doing so much that i'm willing to 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 propose that we give your winner a book publishing contract i said Dude, that is so huge. Thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah. So thank you, Trisha. Um, you are one of the most powerful communicators, uh, an expert in this. How did you get started in the, you know, entertainment world? I 
grew up on a farm in Missouri. Because that's where all superstars come from, farms in Missouri. (laughs) Right. That's right. We do. And I saw my sister, I was seven. I saw her dancing on stage, dressed like a pink poodle doing tap dance. And I did not want to be a pink poodle. However, I realized in that moment that there was something magical about being on a stage. And I said to my parents, I would like to enroll in dance class next year. And they made me choose because I was currently a bluebird. A bluebird is the precursor to Girl Scouts. Mm. So I was a bluebird. And she said, you have to choose. You're either going to be a bluebird and you're going to learn about camping or you can go to dance school. Well, I obviously chose point shoes and tutus and immediately became obsessed with Dance Magazine, PBS, Gelsey Kirkland, Barishnikov, and had the clarity that I would move to New York City when I graduated from high school to pursue a career in dance, and I would dance with Barishnikov. Oh, wow. And went through grade school, high school, and was competing and my dance teacher, Sharon McGuire, would bring me to New York City for dance competitions. And in, in Arnold, Missouri, I won several of the competitions. I, I actually am the petite junior Miss Dance and the junior Miss Dance of St. Louis. And I would come to New York with scholarships and study at the Broadway Dance Center when it was still on Broadway and steps. And I would study with all of these working artists and these working dancers. So I really knew what New York City was from an early age and graduated from high school, was all planning to move to New York. And my parents, luckily, thankfully, made me go to college. So I went to Stevens College for three years, an accelerated liberal arts women's college, got my dance degree, moved to New York at 20 and began dancing with companies danced all around the world, landed a really amazing job with Lucinda Child's dance company. I was making $400 a week dancing and traveling the world. That is, um, that's so much money for a dancer to have a steady paycheck. And so I was working like a lot as a dancer and also realized I did not want to wait tables. So I started a fitness company that subsidized my creative space, my creative work, and had been doing that for most of my career. My my fitness company subsidized my documentary making, my theater producing, my touring around the world because I could tour and get paid to dance. And my fitness company was still making money back here in New York. So I've been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur my entire life. Seven years ago, a friend of mine said, I just landed a TED stage. I want you to direct me. And I thought, amazing. That's just like a one-woman show. I've directed and produced so many one-woman shows, one-person shows. I would love to do that. I worked with her on her talk, just like I would an actor. Blocking, choreography, script analysis, intention, objective in action, theatricality. And that's all. I didn't think anything of it. And she planted the seed. Steve, she said, you should do this. There are people who want this kind of support and direction. Now, little bit of context. I was not on Facebook. I had zero online presence. I did not know anything about coaching, public speaking, thought leadership. 
I was in my bubble of film, television, and theater here in New York City. And I thought people hire coaches to help them speak better. What is that all about? I had no idea. And before I knew it, I started a podcast to give myself some credibility. John Lee Dumas said, just do, just do three episodes, talk about your process. Well, we're coming up on 500 episodes. Beautiful. And I, the first season was all was 20 episodes of me talking about process. And I loved it so much. Clearly, I still do it. But because of that, I started attracting all of these amazing, amazing speakers and leaders and people who are having impact in the world by sharing their stories. And I realized in that moment, my impact and my legacy was limited to the number of people in the theater and the length of time I was on stage or how many people saw my movie or how many people showed up to the play I was producing. If I was able to help amplify and elevate voices of thought leaders and influencers and professionals and people who want to have impact and they share that story effectively and everyone in that audience is changed by it and they share the story and everyone that they share it with is changed by it. The ripple effect of that goes far beyond what is possible. And that's when I realized my lasting legacy is helping to amplify and elevate the voices of others and to really share with them from the point of view of a director, how to be an effective, powerful communicator. And that's how this all started. What a fantastic and beautiful journey. And the way you describe it is just like, I'm just so captivated just by listening to you and the way that you present what are, you know, normal details in your daily life, right? Um, but what a fascinating journey and what a beautiful segue, right? And we never know, this is a one key point that we can take away right now is that we never know when you say yes, where that's going to lead to, right? When you allow yourself to say yes, because can you imagine, Tricia, having said, no, that's not my thing. I don't really do that. I don't know anything about speaking or, you know, that kind of industry. And so, you know, letting that opportunity go, had you, had you even that ever crossed your mind to do that back then? I'm always, yes. You're always, I think yes. That's, <laughs> I think that is one of my strengths. And it started when I moved to New York and I would, I, I the first film I choreographed first feature film I choreographed was directed by John Turturro and it starred James Gandolfini, Kate Winslet, Susan Sarandon, Eddie Izzard, Christopher Walken, Steve Buscemi. If I had said no to that, what I would have been losing a huge opportunity for a learning experience, a masterclass with these incredible actors being on a set with John Turturro, being on a set with these incredible, incredible A-list masters of their craft. I said yes and then ran home and taught myself how to choreograph. <laughs> I said yes to helping thought leaders and ran home and thought about how I could ap apply and approach their 
scripts like I do my own scripts. So I say yes, and then I teach myself. I say yes, because I know the potential for something bigger than me is there. And that's why I always say yes. It doesn't mean I say yes to projects that I'm not aligned with. When I say no to something, it's saying yes to myself. So I do think there's a differentiator there, but I would never have said no to that because my friend whose talk I supported her on, being with her made me better. And learning from her and hearing her talk about perfectionism and detoxing from perfectionism made me realize everyone who hears her talk has an opportunity to heal themselves because perfectionism can really be damaging. And when I realized, okay, this is not about me. It's not about the speakers. It's about impact. It's about how I can help these speakers share their story in order to serve humanity. And that's just so wonderful that, I mean, look at the steps, the things that had to occur for us to be here today. And the reason that we're here today, we haven't shared this with the audience yet, is because we reached out to you and invited you to be one of the mentors, one of the official resource partners of the Voices of Impact Awards. And you immediately said yes, right? And so I I take away a couple of things from that. Number one is that's just your nature. You say yes to the things that you're aligned to, but you said something even more important to me as the co-founder and president of the Voices of Impact Awards, as you said, I say yes to things that are much bigger than me, that have the potential to be much bigger. And so, yay to you for seeing that, because that's exactly what we intended with this uh, awards program, right? And the, the reason we're producing this show from story to impact is to highlight the mentors that we um, have joined, uh, have partnered with, have joined locked arms with us that said, yes, we want to do this because you recognize the power that stories have in our lives to help us uh, provide meaning to the past, right? Our past experiences, stories help us create meaning for those. They, they, They provide a framework for the present. And they also allow us to envision the future, much like you're able to do with your clients is allow them to see what the potential is if they train properly, if they do the homework, right? Because there's a lot of work involved in sounding good and looking good and looking like you just woke up and you delivered this, you know, eight minute talk or 16 minute talk, whatever the case may be. Before we dive deeper into that though, Trisha, let me take you back to your younger days in on the farm and you saw your sister dance and you declared, I don't want to wear a pink tutu, but I like the stage and I like that whole concept of performing. Did you have mentors back at the time that drew you to New York? In other words, how do you go from that to saying, I want to, you know, perform in New York and dance with Mikhail Baryshnikov of all people? I did have mentors and, and those mentors were Lillian DeNoyer and Sharon McGuire, the mother and daughter team who ran the dance school. And they made my dreams possible because they kept saying yes. Mm-hmm. When I would say I am going to do a solo. I'm going to dance on point before I'm nine years old. I'm going to come to the studio every day of the week. If you'll have me. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to come to New York on scholarship. Yes. And those 
early years of me never hearing no. And that doesn't mean that I was always winning everything or that I was always getting through the door. I worked harder than everyone else because I had huge feet and I was really skinny and I had ears that stuck out and I had buck teeth and braces. I was not the cute ballerina like my best friend. I had to work harder than her in order to win the competitions. I showed up at the studio earlier and left later because it was not natural for me. I didn't have those gorgeous feet. So I would sit with my feet underneath the door frames to create more of an arch. I would sit in the splits longer so that I would have more flexibility. And knowing that my mentors kept saying yes to me, gave me the the confidence and created that confidence competence loop that meant it was possible. It was possible. And doing the hard work and having that grit and the tenacity and the discipline has served me up until this absolute moment in time. I also had mentors on television. Um, Solid gold was a thing when I was growing up. It was way before So You Think You Can Dance. And um, fame was on television. Fame, the movie that showed us what was going on here in New York City and that there's actual dancers who go to school for that. And then, of course, coming to New York every summer and dancing with Frank Hatchett and going to Joffrey and being immersed in the reality of this culture is what gave me the courage that I could pursue this. I also, and this is an innate character characteristic, is that I'm not afraid. I have a high risk tolerance for failure and I'd always show up. Part of my mantra is keep the story moving. So when I hear no at a million auditions, I'm going to hear yes at one. If doors keep getting slammed in my face, I go build my own. That's why I started producing and writing my own theater, producing and writing my own films. I wanted to make movies my way. I wanted to produce theater my way. I wanted to cast the dancers in my shows that didn't look like the other dancers. And so I just started creating it for myself. And I think that mentorship has now given me an opportunity to understand the importance and the responsibility that I have as a mentor to my speakers. And it has been born out of the years that I've been in rehearsal studios with actors and with dancers. When I was on the other side of the table dancing and performing and being treated poorly or disrespected or having my choreography, the the moves that I'm making up in the moment be taken and the credit being given to the choreographer, I realized I don't have to do it that way. I can create a loving environment, a safe environment where I am demanding and I do create boundaries, but I can create this environment where magic happens and where the actors and the speakers and the dancers feel safe. And that is directly related to my career as a performer and how I wanted to do it differently so that I could prepare the speakers and the actors in a way where they were completely set up for success. I teach them to fish and they now have the skills that they can always feel confident from a stage, whether it's in a show or whether it's on a stage or at a speaking event. How beautiful that is. Uh, Trisha, 
you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a former entertainment lawyer. I was a former recording artist and had a record label, and I wanted to be the next Julio Iglesias. I had to do a lot of work in order to get to that level where I could even consider competing at that level, right? Singing international stages. But what I'm hearing from you is that you weren't in it for the fame and the glory and the look at me. I was. And so my career, as I share from stage many times, my career was not an abject failure, but it was a failure in the sense that I didn't get what I wanted. Now I know why I didn't, but I didn't back then. But when I listened to you and reflecting on the many, many, many people that I know that have been in and out of the entertainment industry, whether it's singing, music, acting, film, whatever, the majority of them do not have the kind of discipline or the vision that you do to experience something and and not dwell in the in the in the experience of it in the disappointment of it because i'm sure that you face many uh, lots of disappointments but it it sounded like at every step of the way that you were confronted with a roadblock or a challenge or a discrimination or a disrespect you said okay well this isn't the end for me what else can i do how can i shift this that you were conscious processing all this information so that you could shift to the next level and keep elevating your career to where you are today. Whereas, and I guess the point I'm making is most of us were, um, we weren't conscious of that, right? In other words, when I didn't get what I wanted, when I didn't get the door that I wanted, I I cried, right? <laughs> I went back and I said, boo, no one loves me. I wasn't like Trisha who said, who do they think they are? I'll build my own stage. I'll build my own production, right? So congratulations to you. Where did you develop that kind of vision, awareness, and, and tenacity? Is that from your parents or other mentors? I, I think I was born with this. And mm. I. it goes back to not being afraid. I have many stories of being in a room a dance rehearsal or a dance audition. And, you know, there's, it's just like fame. They put numbers on you. You're, you're in the room with a lot of people. You have to make sure you're seen. And there the were cattle, many times. The cattle call. is The cattle call. That's right. <laughs> there are many times where I would raise my hand and say, could you just say those numbers again? Because I didn't hear mine. And I was sure that they made a mistake. <laughs> Look at you. And that was something that I did a lot because I was just, and it's, it was a level of confidence that wasn't ego. It was, are you kidding? I am so amazing to work with. I will show up early. I will stay late. I will get it. I will work hard with bloody feet. So I think that's really what was my point of view. It wasn't that I was better than everyone. It was literally that I knew who I was on the inside and I wanted so much for everyone to understand that. So I would just say, are you sure you didn't call my number because you're making a huge mistake? <laughs> Excuse me, here I am. Wow, that's that's wonderful. That's amazing. You know, I, I'm so sad that we only have a short period of time with you today. Um, but we got to keep the show moving. We're definitely going to have you back on. And that's one of the benefits that you get as a resource partner is we get to interview 
used several times throughout the year as we lead up to the uh, the actual gala, the finals of the awards in September 2023. So don't worry, audience. I know you want more, more, more of Trisha because she's got a lot to teach us. However, we're going to move on and get to... Um, I want to talk with you, uh, Trish, about the power of stories. I mean, you've been storytelling, helping other people prepare their stories, develop their stories, write their stories, bring all the experiences together to create the story and the narrative that best suits the audience, right? Because we always have to be conscious of the audience. Why do we love stories so much as, as human beings from your perspective? I think because we want to feel connected. We never want to feel alone. And we all have a personal story of some kind that could potentially make us feel other. And when we hear someone share a story that is very similar to ours or a story that we can relate to, it makes us feel connected. And ultimately, I believe human beings want to feel deeply connected. And that's why story is so important. And that's why sharing your story is so important. And I write about this in my book and I've, I've shared this many, many times. There's 7.8 billion people on the planet. There is one person out there who needs to hear your story and the urgency and responsibility that we have to share our story can change and even save a life. And we know that to be true. I mean, you and I have done it numerous times. I know many, many people have done it. And it just amazes me of all the wonderful people that I've had a chance to interview over the years and speak to personally, etc. The most successful, the most impactful have all gone through some stuff. In other words, no one makes it out of here alive, if you will. Everyone goes through some struggle and some trouble. And what I hear you saying is that these are experiences that we can use that someone else is waiting to hear. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Someone How's, out there is waiting to hear. How how can that improve our lives? I mean, I, I get that my story might be able to help someone else navigate perhaps some difficult times, some challenges, but how does it improve the life of the actual storyteller? I'll give you an example. One of my speakers from TEDx Lincoln Square, I used to produce TEDx Lincoln Square in New York City, Sarah Montana. She applied to my event with a written application, and it was all about the power of forgiveness. She wanted to teach the audience how to forgive, not that it's good, not that it's important. We all know that. But she really wanted to teach us how to forgive, which nobody talks about. And in her application, she talked about how on Christmas Eve, her mother and brother were murdered. Mm. And I thought to myself, there's no way she can tell this story without feeling bad, without me feeling bad, without the audience feeling bad. We're all just going to feel bad. And then I realized I was limited. I needed to challenge myself to give her the opportunity to submit the video portion of the application in order for me to see her talking about this. And it was to this day, one of the most impactful video submissions I've ever seen because she sat right in front of her laptop, lit by the screen of the computer, nothing fancy, talked directly into camera about the experience. 
of coming home on Christmas Eve to finding her mother and brother murdered. And what that meant and how she navigated the grief and how she navigated the forgiveness and why she's sharing the story in service of others. She went through an entire process of getting to the point of being able to share her story. Going back to being bigger than us, she was unable to tell this story until she was healed from the trauma. And I highly, highly encourage everyone to understand that there is a process there. We need to share our story once we've healed. And I'm not the only person who says this, but sharing your story is from the scar, not the wound when it's very personal. So she was able to process her trauma and her grief and go through that journey. And then when she was ready, she was able to share the story in service of the audience. And that's the difference here. We never want to share a personal story in service of our own healing. The healing needs to happen behind closed doors. The sharing on a stage is in service of the audience. What a wonderful distinction. And in every episode of this program, I look for tweetable quotes in yours. Share from the scar, not the wound. That's that's just beautiful. I mean, there's such a message in that um, because a lot of people are going through some stuff today. Um, there's a lot of turmoil in society, right? A war in the Middle East and hurricanes and, and you know, illnesses and uh criminal activity and those kinds of things that are just disrupting our lives. And many, many people have something to say about that. And that's one of the reasons why we created this global stage of the Voices of Impact Awards is to give people a place where they can safely but authentically share um, something that's going to inspire and be impactful to others. And so this is going to be one of the lessons that we're going to teach is, you know, how to know when you're ready to share whatever it is that that you want to share is sharing from the scar. In other words, take time to heal yourself first, because then you can deliver your message in service of the audience. And by that, I'm going to suggest you're talking about not focusing on yourself, right? At, at that point, you've taken your eyes off yourself, and you're delivering it to help your audience rather than to stand up and say, look at me, poor me, pity me woe is me kind of thing. Is that correct? Absolutely. If you have any, any residual pain, trauma, even as simply as you, you can't not cry when you tell the story, then you're not ready. It is your job to take responsibility. It's your job to take care of us as the audience. It's not our job to take care of you. And if you are becoming emotional on stage, guess what? You're robbing the audience of having their experience. Mm. Let the audience become emotional when you share your story. If you become emotional, we feel the need to take care of you. If you are not becoming emotional, it gives us permission to have the emotional experience. What a beautiful distinction. Thank you for that, Tricia. That's that's gold right there in and of itself. And I don't know if you remember, but several years ago, you and I spoke because you coached me for my TEDx talk in Dallas, Texas. I remember that. Yes, you did. And uh, I had so much fun. And you know what? Just as an aside, I delivered my talk. And then <clears throat> after the event was over, uh, I was informed by the producer, the organizer, that the audio had completely 
gone out on my talk. And there was two other people whose audio had cut out while they were speaking and they didn't recognize it until well after the event was over. And so while I delivered a beautiful presentation, thanks to you, no one's going to hear it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Isn't that that the way it goes sometimes? (laughs) Well, you get the world's biggest do-over then. Yeah, world's biggest do-over. Well, this is my do-over, right? From it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much, um, Trisha. We've only got a few minutes left, but I wanted to ask you um, to share one of your stories, um, perhaps something that you've experienced that you love sharing from stage. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of insight. Let us share with us what a real story sounds like. I have not shared this story from stage, and it's something that I have spoken about, but I'm going to speak about it right now because it feels aligned. On 9-11, 20 however many years ago it has been now, the day before, so on September 10th, I was dancing between the Twin Towers. At the end of the year in September, they always had this downtown dance festival. And I was literally on stage between the two towers performing. And I remember lying on the stage, looking up at the towers, thinking, wow, they are so tall. And why do I have to show my ID to go to the bathroom? And then they were hit the next day. And I was working with a dance company and this, I lived on 14th street on 11th street. So below 14th street, they closed the city, no traffic. I had a metallic taste in my mouth for months. The city was silent. The city came together like I've never seen before. The, the compassion and the love and the humanity was beyond what I'd ever experienced. And I'd lived here for a long time. Several days later, we're all trying to donate blood. We're all trying to figure out what what to do. Do we go down to ground zero to help? Do we stay out of the way because there's a lot of people down there? What do we do to contribute? I was working on a show at the time. And this particular show was at a theater called La Mama over on 10th Avenue right by the West side highway where all the ambulances, where all the fire trucks, where all the people were cheering police, all of it. And I thought, you want us to come to the theater? We have to go to work. I have to go do my show. I was very conflicted, very confused in grief. And we get to the theater, we put on the show it was silent and we came out and everyone in the audience said, thank you. We needed to be reminded of the beauty. And I will never forget that Steve, because in that moment I realized it is our responsibility. The show must go on. Life is precious. We are still alive and we must honor those who are not by showing up and providing beauty and art. And I will never forget that person who came up to me and thanked us and thanked me for providing them a moment of beauty and art 
in one of the darkest times in New York City. That is amazing, Trisha. Thank you for doing that, number one, for having the courage to do it and stepping up and and continuing. Like you said, the the show must go on. Um, But the lesson that you've just brought us is that in the midst of any tragedy, we don't have to be a first responder. We don't have to be a doctor or nurse or a firefighter in order to do something to elevate another spirit. And you don't have to do much other than be yourself, the best you you can be in that moment, even if just for a little while, give someone else a smile, give someone else a hug, give someone else a a thank you, a hand up, Um, whatever it is that you can contribute, as you can see from Trisha's story, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's badly needed. But we miss those opportunities, because we think, oh, I got to help in a big way right? I got to feed the homeless, or I got to, you know, ship an airplane full of goods to the hurricane-torn island and those kinds of things. But no, if you just reach out and say hello to your neighbor and let them know that they're not alone, like Trisha did with her dance troupe that day, that's really all that's required of you. And Trisha, just what a beautiful story and what a way to end this um amazing interview with you. Thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, we mentioned earlier that you were, uh, that you are one of the mentors serving the community here on the Voices of Impact Awards, the people that are having the courage to step up and share these stories, right, from the scars, not the wounds. And um, they're going to get to train with you. And when they apply, they're going to get a free gift, which is um, you have a list of 50 speaking stages that people can go on. Tell us a little bit about this and how we can use it. For sure. Finding conferences is time consuming. So I wanted to just bring together 50 conferences that I think are exciting so that you can either attend them or apply to speak on those stages. And and we keep updating it. So if you do uh, take advantage of it, you will be notified when we update it. Yay, wonderful. So is that a live document or you just send out updates? We send out updates. So once they subscribe and, and, and download it, I imagine, then they'll be on your list and they get to update. Awesome, Absolutely. awesome. Oh, is Voices of Impact Awards on that list? It should be number one, I think. Oh, you're right. We need to update it, Steve. You're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely. It's the number one place. Uh, yeah, we want this to be that combination of TEDx, of uh, American Idol, of the Grammy Awards, because we want it, we want this to be a celebration, right? And this is open to everybody, not just people that have experience speaking. If you have no experience speaking, what better hands could you be in than someone like Trisha, who's there to mentor you, to guide you? In addition to the 50 speaking gigs free gifts, Trisha's offering a complimentary uh, training to the actual applicants, which is called Uncertain to Unstoppable, Mastering the Art of Transformational Speaking and Storytelling from Any Stage. I mean, just access to this alone is worth the price of gold. Wow. I'm going to get that. <laughs> is 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 that a book? Is that that's a book? It is a, a virtual masterclass. Virtual on masterclass. Demand. Wonderful. On, on demand, demand masterclass. Look at that. 
And it's yours complimentary when you participate in the Voices of Impact Awards. And then obviously you're going to fall in love with Trisha as, I mean, who wouldn't, right? Listen to her. You're going to want to work with her one-on-one. Now, I know that, Trisha, your schedule is very limited, and you um, are not going to be able to work with all the thousands of people that we're going to uh, be attracting into the awards program, which is why we have digital training courses and those kinds of things available for them. But what kind of speakers are you looking to work with now? In other words, what would a person have to have or not have in order for you to to work with them one-on-one? Thank you for asking. And thank you for this incredible conversation today. It's been so delightful. I love to work with speakers, professionals, thought leaders, influencers who really understand the power of their message and want to have huge impact in the world. It also means that you are willing to take risks. You are willing to undo bad habits and to learn how to become captivating and to become authentic and fearless. And if a speaker comes to me and they've had no experience, that's okay because that means they're a blank canvas and that sometimes is easier. But it also means that you're willing to do the work and working with me is intensive. I am a former dancer. I am disciplined. I am hardworking, and I demand that of my speakers. Wonderful, wonderful. You you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Trisha is no nonsense, and she will have you on point. <laughs> Pardon the pun for your speaking presentation. And all that's required to work with her is number one is desire. You got to have a desire to do it, and you got to have the discipline, as she says, to do the work. And like with anything else, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And so the more you put into it, especially with a coach and trainer and mentor like Trisha, I mean, how can you lose? And I know this from firsthand experience. I'm not just saying that because she's a featured guest on the show. She helped um, many, many people on the TEDx program that I was personally involved with. Um, I believe she coached the vast majority of those folks to prepare for that stage. And there were some phenomenal presentations to come out of that. Thanks to Trisha. Um, With that, any final parting comments that you would like to have for recognizing that this awards program is going to draw people from all walks of life, uh, from executives to entrepreneurs, to stay-at-home moms, and even college students that have something that they uh, feel is worth sharing. What do you want to say to them? I want to say that your influential voice matters, whether you are across the table from your kids, whether you are standing at the front of a classroom, or whether you are in the office at a boardroom table communicating to your employees and your team. What you have to say matters. You will have impact, which is why becoming an effective communicator with dignity, curiosity, respect, humility, and love will help you communicate in a way that will have impact. Wow. Mind blown. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I couldn't have said it better myself, nor did I want to, because we have Trisha here to say it. And this is an episode that you're going to watch, want to watch over and over again. We're also going to turn this into the podcast of the same name, and you're going to be able to listen to it as you're driving, doing whatever you need to do uh, in your day. Um, But please listen to this and watch this over and over again, because every time that you do, you're going to pick up something else that Trisha said that is going to impact you and allow you to course correct and and do the things that you need to do in order to master speaking. And we're not talking about 
stages necessarily. Speaking can be going out and delivering the uh, the um, uh, what was it? the toast at your best friend's wedding. It could be standing up at your mother's grandmother's uh, birthday party and celebrating her. It could be delivering a sales talk at your company in to your team of five or to your team of 100. It doesn't matter if you want to be a superstar on stage or if you just want to be more effective in your day-to-day speaking abilities. Trisha Brooke is your mentor and she's your coach. And we are so excited to have her on board with us with the Voices of Impact Awards. So with that, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in and watching or listening. Please join us on the next episode. And remember to go to the Voices of Impact Awards, voiawards.com to apply. You're going to get trained. You're going to get coached. You're going to get mentored on how to deliver stories effectively, authentically, and genuinely with impact. And you saw it here. You're going to have Trisha Brooke to mentor you along the way. Thank you, Trisha, for joining us. I truly, truly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Steve. Thank you.